0: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Tuesday, November 7th, 3 p.m. Uh, we're here for a special meeting followed by an executive
1: session. Can I get a roll call, please?
2: Seven council members are present.
1: Thank you. Toby. Mayor D'Amico. council members, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. I'm gonna spend about an hour or so this afternoon talking about the city's water master plan. Maybe not the most exciting presentation you'll ever hear, but probably one of the more expensive plans we've ever purchased. So. On the scale of entertaining and expensive, this definitely tips toward expensive, but meaningful, important, and something that we want you to understand and have a great complexity. As tough as this process is, I mean, we invested you know, $100 million into this water system from EPCOR. We are now marching forward with improvements. And so rather than just willy-nilly shotgunning it, which everyone said they didn't want to do, we need a plan. We need to adopt a plan and follow a plan now of course there's one kink to that system uh mayor diomico myself travis Setti, we've been applying for and working toward a 300 million dollar grant to change this entire system now all is not lost though right we still have all of the lines all of the wells all of the tanks everything that goes into the system so even if we were to get that grant it's still will be employed into this. Might change the master plan a little bit, but it also, it's not gonna change the inherent composition of this. So, if you'll endure Mark and his team for the next hour, but feel free, if at any point in time you wanna ask a question, just let the mayor know. We can make this interactive as best as you like. Thank you.
2: Thank you for that wonderful introduction. So hopefully you guys can endure me for the next hour. (laughs) Uh, Before we get started on the actual presentation, there's a few people in the audience that I would like to introduce uh, That were very instrumental in getting this plan completed Uh, Sean McCarty and Kyle McCarty were two of the principals with West Coast Civil Which was the entity that we worked with to get this plan completed along with Jacobs engineering and Ryan Farnell Who is my manager of construction? he worked right hand in hand with me on this on getting this plan put together so uh, all of them deserve a lot of credit for this this plan that we've put together Um, the plan is included in this book if you could turn it up a little bit and this book this is this is the water master plan And I will go through a number of the items that are included in this. When I came to council back in February of 2022 and council approved us beginning on this path to create this water master plan, there were uh, a set of deliverables. If you could go to the first slide. Actually, if you go to the second slide, we've finished that. Um, This is page one of the deliverables that we had and I'm going to go through these and show what we've what we've obtained through these deliverables. Uh, if you could go to the second page, and this is the rest of the deliverables. And we'll be taught. This is what this whole presentation's about: is these deliverables that we were looking to obtain by putting this master plan together. As Toby said, this is the first master plan that the city has ever had. We've never had a master plan before. When citizens owned and operated the system, they did not have a master plan. When American bought it from citizens, they never created a water master plan. And when EPCOR had the system, they never created a water master plan for it. So this was the this is the first master plan for this city. For those of you that have been here forever uh, recall this these systems starting off as kind of a hodgepodge of things. I mean, you had one developer building here and one developer building there, and, and kind of all over the place, and then ultimately those water systems were interconnected. But there was never a plan put together as to what was the really the best way to integrate and put those different systems together. So we have kind of a hodgepodge system here of different areas that are put together but it's not quite as efficient as it should be and that's part of what we developed in this master plan if you could go to the next slide the first item on our deliverables list was to create a GIS map for the city now we did get a preliminary GIS map from EPCOR but it had a lot of holes in it and we had to go through in QA and QC that plan and so what we did was we flew the city and we produced a base map with one foot contours which will allow us to continue to map and run our hydraulic models and work to expand the city in the future. Next slide. One of the, uh, one of the assets that we got out of this GIS map is we've got a number of layers, Daniel Parker who helped us in this process, who actually just left the city last week, um, he helped us build these layers. So we've got layer upon layer of, of mapping that over that you can bring one layer up or, an, or two or three. So we've got a layer that shows this, which is our economic opportunity zones and our qualified census tracts. And this can be used, And in fact, Eddie does use this for a number of his grant applications We've got a lot of other things. We've got a layer that shows our water lines. We've got a layer that shows our valves, our meters, our, our, um, our, our pressure reducing stations, our wells. Our... So we've got layers for each of these and we can bring up or take out those layers as we need when we're working on different projects. So it's come in really, really handy. Next slide, please. This is a map of the city's water systems. Now, systems mean different things in different contexts. So the city has a water system, which is everything that we have in the city. But within that, per um, ADEQ rules, we actually have four different operating systems within the city. If you look at the very far north, it's a little hard to see on this, but in, in your books you should, you'll have it. At the very far north end, those kind of three top sections that, where you see water mains there, that's the North Mojave system. And kind of buried in the middle of that North Mojave system is a little stretch along Locust Boulevard that, that is Lake Mojave Highland system. It's a small system, uh, but, it, but it is still considered a separate system. Uh, and the way that happened was because McCormick owned North Mojave and citizens owned Lake Mojave Highlands system. So that's how we wound up with those two systems. Then kind of in the central part of the city, you'll see where, where there's the Desert Foothills Laughlin Ranch. Again, that's a separate system. Uh, and then the rest of that in kind of blue and green towards the bottom half, that's what we call our Mojave main system. And then that green that you see down there on the south, that's actually part of the Mojave main system, but we we call it a subsystem of of the Mojave main and that's the Fox Creek area. And and that's kind of listed out separately because it is such a large area of the city and and we had to develop plans a little bit separately for for the Fox Creek area from the rest of the Mojave main system. Next slide. So what this shows us is one of the next items we were going to develop was a, uh, a waterline replacement program. And what this document is showing you here is on the left-hand side, that shows you in percentages and, and miles how many of the different types of mains we have in the city. So the mayor's very well aware of what AB pipe is like. That's, that's that top one and that in the abs we've got um, we've got 27 miles of that abs pipe in the city Uh, some of it's running behind the mayor's house which we've had some issues with Um, and then we've got ac pipe which is asbestos cement pipe we've got 87 miles of that we've got um, eight miles of ductile iron pipe We've got 181 miles of our PVC, and that's what most people are used to. That's the plastic pipe that we use right now in our systems, and that's been used pretty much since the since the late 80s. Um, it's what this is. This one. Yeah, the, yeah, seven point three, seven dash three slide so, toward the back of your book. Seven three. like this. Yeah, this this presentation was not did not follow your your executive. We'll summary. make sure we
0: give you the pages. Okay, thank you.
2: <laughs> and then the figure. Uh, so that shows you the different types of pipe, and then the graph next to it shows you what year those pipe the pipe was put in, how many feet of pipe or miles of pipe was put in every year. And so most of the stuff that was put in in the 50s, 60s, and 70s is not of the same quality as the pipe that was put in in the later years, which is the PVC pipe, which is mostly what we have in our system today. Um, So some of that earlier pipe is, is causing us problems, it breaks, it's, as I said, it's not of the same quality. And so we had to determine what kind of pipes we had before we could start determining where we wanted to strike first to start our replacement program. Next slide. We also did an analysis of all of our systems. Um, That included all of the equipment, our pumps, our motors, uh, electrical equipment. Uh, They looked at our storage tanks, our wells, uh, and this is this is the results of all of that analysis, and and you could as you can see, the green at the bottom, which is the largest percent, uh, that was in pretty good shape. So, we had 53 um, percent of our equipment was in pretty good shape. 25 percent of our equipment was inacceptable. It was okay. Three uh, percent was eh, just it was. It was working, but it's not in the greatest shape. Um, And 5% was failed. Uh, 5% of the system equipment was in such bad shape that it just did not work. Um, Zero, or I should say, 16% of it, or was it 18? 16% of that was, uh, we weren't able to test, and the reason we weren't able to test is because there were certain pieces of equipment that we just could not take offline. Uh, So it just could not be tested because we couldn't take it offline. So that was our asset assessment. Then we move on to developing a demand study. Next slide, please. To begin the development of our demand study, uh, we started off with the city's general plan. Uh, And we looked at the land planning that had been approved by the public here and that, this map is, again, it doesn't um, really follow that. Uh, 2-7 is the page. It doesn't really flow with, with what we've got in your binders there. Because what I did with this presentation was I followed our deliverables list rather than what was in, the bind, in your binder. I should have probably followed your binder rather than the deliverables list.
1: What was that? 2, two dash 7. 2 7.
2: So, this is what we use because this, this is laid out by single family homes, multi family homes, commercial, etc. So, we use this to come to what we felt our population areas were going to be so we could map it all out next slide then what we did was we looked at what our population was laid out at so part of our population the majority of our population is single family homes so you finally found the page and now I've moved on Uh, sorry about that
1: I'll
2: make sure that I put them in the same order for you when uh, when I do it next time Uh, we have multifamily housing commercial uh, etc so this was the second part of coming up with that demand study because single-family homes use a different amount of water than multifamily homes than commercial developments so this was the next part of that next slide then we looked at our population growth And there were a number of different uh, avenues we could have taken. We looked at the transportation study that was done a few years ago and what their population estimates were. Uh, We looked at the Arizona Commerce Authority and how they came up with their population numbers. And what we did was looking back at what Billy uh, has given us as new home uh, permits, uh, we came up with about 1% growth a year. And so that's what we 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 decided to use. And that's that blue line in the middle that then extends with the gold line going up to 2090 when we're anticipating build out. Next slide. So this gets us to our our demands, as you can see, um, our existing demand is about six point seven million gallons a day. So on average, the public here, in this is figure 4-7. Um, in your book, it should be ES-3. In your executive summary, it should be ES-3. Um, so right now, today, on average, on an average day, our population in the city of Bullhead City for our water system uses 6.7 million gallons now there's a peak during that you know when everybody gets home from work uh and that peak is about 12 12 and a half million gallons a day so just about just under double uh, what our average day demand is and of course it's all seasonal we use more water during the summer than we do during the winter Um, 2030 we anticipate the demand to go up our average day demand to go up from about six and six point seven million gallons a day to eight million gallons a day and then from 2030 to 2040 up to about 9.5 and at build out we're anticipating to be somewhere around twenty two twenty three million 23 million gallons a day so almost four times where we are today next slide this slide on the left shows what our water use has been on an annual basis from 2004 through 2020 Uh, and so you can see over the years it's it's gone up and down and then the the chart on the right shows you that seasonality i was talking about so you can see in the winter months we use a lot less than we do in the summer months next slide this this slide is is kind of an important slide if you look at the far left of this slide you'll see back in 2005 our population was just over 37 thousand people and then at the far right you can see how our population has grown over those 17 years our population at the end of 22 was about 42,600 six, 42, people. So our population grew by about 15% over that 17 year period. So just under 1% a year, which is what we're using as our annual growth rate for our demand analysis. You'll also note that in the, on the far left, that red line that runs through that chart you'll notice that we used ten thousand nine hundred acre feet of water a year back in 2005 when our population was thirty seven thousand if you look at the far left when our population grew to forty two over forty two thousand in 2022 which is the last full year we had available our water use actually went down we our water use in 22 was ten thousand eight so our water use went down by 1% but our population went up by 15% now you can see there's been some up and down through that time I mean we did have some some hard times there back in you know the 2008 9 10 11 years when we weren't growing actually we went down a little bit in population there for a while Um, and then we started growing again and our water use started going up but we started, it, when you see that spike in the middle in 2014, that's when we started our water conservation plan and our water conservation programs here in the city. That's when council first approved them and you can see we saw a significant decrease right after starting that we had a lot of people take turf out we had a lot of people uh, taking their old toilets out and putting new ones in uh, putting in high-efficiency washing machines irrigation controllers those first couple of years we had a lot of participation in the program and so we saved a lot of water And that that has stayed. I mean, our population here is very water conscious. We get calls about water leaks all the time. Our crews get on them as fast as they can. So, we've seen we've seen some significant savings through our water conservation program. We've saved over 2500 acre-feet of water. And if you think about it, 2500 acre-feet of water when we're using 10,800 acre-feet of water is a significant percentage. It's about just under 20% of our annual usage is what we've saved. We'd be up closer to that spike you see at 14,000 had our water conservation program not been in place. So that's kudos to the residents here and the city council for approving those programs. The next slide is a really, really busy slide. And you're not really gonna understand this and I, did, I put this in here on purpose just to show you the complexity of our system. There are many, many water systems that are much larger than ours that are not as complex as ours is, and that's because of all the elevation changes. If you see those horizontal lines on this graph here, each one of those horizontal lines equates to 100 feet in elevation gain. So we have a lot of, as everybody here knows, we've got a lot of elevation changes here in the city, which causes us to have to operate our system a little differently than somebody that's just working on a flat plane. So it makes our system much more complex. Next slide. This is based on 2021 data you can see here and, and the number that I really want you to focus on here is the numbers on the far right you'll see that for the Mojave main water system we had a 21% water loss for the North Mojave Highlands Lake Mojave Highlands systems we had a 21% loss in water Fox Creek was 23% Desert Foothills was 6% overall the system was wasting or losing 20 percent of its water now this was all before we took over the system we didn't have data available for our operation of the system at the time this was put together however we've just completed our our 22 uh, reporting to the arizona department of water resources and our water loss has come down almost in half since we took over the system
0: all right we got a question yes a quick question how do you measure the water lost well
2: what we do is we measure how much water we know how much water we've produced in the system how much water has come out of our wells to go to end customers and we know how much is on the meters that our customers have used so we we subtract those two numbers and basically that gives us our water loss now in that water loss there is some Certain amounts that are, are legitimate uses, it's just it's still included in that number, like uh, the fire department reports to me monthly how much water they use in fighting fires and that's a legitimate use and we, we just need to track it. Uh, there's water loss based on breaks, main breaks that happen in the system and that's where most of your water loss comes from but there are other things like uh, hydrant flushing that happens in the system. Again, another legitimate use. Uh, and and uh, there's a few others that I can't remember off the top of my head, but we have a few others that are, are legitimate uses of water, but that number has gone from 20% down to 10%, all of that together. Yes.
3: Hey, Mark, quick question, uh, out of the 42, million people in this city how many people are on the? Uh, I'm sorry 42,000 <laughs> I, <laughs> mistake. I was in LA um, how many people are actually on the water system do we have any people that are not on the water system
2: yes we do there are um, the Folks that live at the far south end Royavista, Vista Rio Lomas uh, El Camino village those around Bermuda water so they're not included in any of this information that we have here and we have a few other pockets here and there like in the uh, Colorado River States area where we just don't have water lines there yet um, that area was never developed with with a centralized water system so they've got their own wells but other than that, pretty much the rest of the city is on Now, our will
3: system. those people be included in this master plan so that forward you can look at maybe bringing them online?
2: They, they are, but they're after the 10-year period. So the first 10 years of this water master plan is to get redundancy in the system, as I'll show you here in a little bit. We have no redundancy in this system. We have just enough water to provide service to the customers we have today. So. Uh, so it'll be a while before they get service
0: Dan, you kind of got to fix the car that you got that's uh, running but not running at its best before you go buy the new car (laughs) (laughs) so
2: any other questions okay next slide please one of the big things that we were trying to accomplish with this master plan was finding where our system deficiencies were because we needed to know what wasn't working before we could go out and start fixing things. And what we did was we looked at the different areas, and this is a blow up, we've we've got a bunch of maps and a bunch of detail that that is not here that we need to be able to fix this system. Um, This is showing the The Mojave main area of the system and as you can see the red dots are the areas that are primary the yellow are the secondary areas that we need to address we know we've got about 87 miles of four inch and smaller mains in the city that are causing us some problems we need to fix those. Um, again, we don't have redundancy in the system, so we need some additional production capacity. We're short on storage capacity in the system, so we need some additional reservoirs. But this, this is kind of a, a high-level look at where we need to attack on the distribution system side. Those distribution mains are the ones that bring water to your homes. Yes? So
0: does that map correlate to this
2: not to that map so much as the one on the pipes that shows the age of the pipes and the type of pipes. Yes, that one, that correlates to that one more. Uh, The next slide shows the same information for the North Mojave area of the city. As you can see, there are fewer problem areas there on the north side, but we still have issues in those areas as well, that we've got some four inch and smaller pipes up there that need to be addressed. And then if you go to the next next slide, that shows the central area, the Laughlin Ranch. You'd think Laughlin Ranch would have nothing that needed to be taken care of since it's such a new development, but there are still some problem areas there and desert foothills that need to be addressed. next slide this is another critical slide that I want to focus on for a couple of minutes here the blue line in this map shows our average day demand the gray line is the line that shows our max day demands that's the maximum use per day that's when people get home take showers things like that and you'll notice that this is set up for all the five different sub zones, subsystems we have in the city. Now there's a, a solid blue line there and that's what we call our supply, our firm supply. And that's the supply we have with our, with our largest source out of service. And you can see for most of these systems, except for the Mojave main, we're, we're in, we're in trouble if if our main well goes out in any of these systems. And you'll see that our total supply for these systems just barely makes it over what our average day demand is. So we desperately need to get additional supply into the system. Now we've started that. We've got two new wells going in right now. We've got our 24-2 well under construction as we speak and then we've got our 2020-1 well that's also started construction those will help that Fox Creek area in getting them some backup supply and as well as the Mojave main system now the desert foothills the North Mojave and the Lake Mojave Highlands, those three systems, we're gonna be working on integrating those together so they will become one system so that they can back up each other. We just don't have the piping in place yet to do that. So this, this, is, this is kind of critical because I wanted you to see graphically just how close our supply is to our actual use. And EPCOR had years of, of milking this system without putting in supply. Where they put in supply, they, they did drill a couple of new wells. They drilled uh, Laredo Village one and Laredo Village two wells. Each of those wells only produce about 85 gallons a minute, which is, is not enough really to do any, any of us any good. It's just, it's just, it's just not. Um, We've got 21 wells in our system. Of those 21 wells, nine of those wells produce less than 100 gallons a minute, nine. So almost half the wells we have here in the city produce less than 100 gallons a minute. So you need a lot of wells to produce enough water. At that rate, we'd have to be popping holes on everybody's block to get enough water. We do have five wells that produce very well and they're primarily in the south side end of the city and they produce over a thousand gallons a minute so one of those wells produce as much water as all of the wells in the north half of the city next slide please this is our existing water system and this is um let's see what So within the city of Bullhead city, as I said, we've got 21 wells. We've got somewhere in the neighborhood of, uh, we got thousands of valves. We got a couple thousand fire hydrants. Uh, We've got somewhere over 300 miles of of water mains. So the city again is very complex. We've got 48 pressure zones in the city. of the wells that we have like I said only five of them produce more than a thousand more than a thousand gallons a minute um, so the city really does need to find another source of water and that other source is going to have to be surface water from the river because we can't continue to spend millions of dollars and pump in to drill a well that only produces 85 gallons a minute it's, it's just a total waste of money So we are going to be looking at surface water treatment, and Toby already alluded to the fact that we've put in for a $300 million grant, and council approved us putting in for that grant for two surface water treatment plants. So that is what we need to do going forward. Uh, Next slide, please. So as I said, we're looking to do some system integration here. This map here in the very center part of that, that's Lake Mojave Highlands. And around it is North Mojave system. So what we're going to do is we're gonna be putting in three PRV valves between Lake Mojave Highlands and North Mojave, and that will put, ta- allow us to take the Lake Mojave Highlands system completely offline, we will feed it completely from Lake Mojave Highlands this is one of the least expensive projects we have but we unfortunately because all of the wells in our northern system are so small even though this well in lake mojave highlands only produces 85 gallons a minute i need every drop of water i can get in the north part of the system to keep it running so i need to keep that 85 gallons a minute online for now so there are a lot of efficiencies that we can get through this system but there are, it's like playing dominoes. We have to get all of our dominoes lined up just right before we can set them all off. And until we get Lake Mojave Highlands to have, or excuse me, the North Mojave system to have more water, which is hopefully this surface water treatment plant, if we don't get the surface water treatment plant, we will have to drill a new well for the north part of the city. Another big well like we're drilling down here on Riverview and 24 site. Marsh-
4: Mayor Jimico, I have a question. Um, if we do get that grant, what's the estimated time that that would be able to be used, the surface water?
2: Well, what we've been told by the Fed so far is that that money will have to be used within three years. So we will
0: use it within three years. It will all be spent in three years. Trust me. And, and could I add to that that uh, the first, they're going to be giving out the money in different time frames. The first uh, allocated Allocations will be going out this January. Probably
2: not January. They're looking more like March, April, sometime in the spring now.
0: And then the ones after that will be a year later from uh, what they said. Well, it depends on how fast our construction proceeds. No, I'm talking about the uh, the money coming from if we were to get the receive the funds. The funds would come come out. They're giving some of the funds out this next calendar year and then the others will be followed the the following calendar year
2: well and again for if we get the grant we say we get the full 300 million we'll get that basically we'll have access to that as soon as we sign the agreement so it just depends on how fast we're able to do the construction as to how fast we would get the funding
4: thank you very much
2: So, with doing this integration, there's there's a number of benefits that we get, efficiencies we get. Um, we will our testing will change because instead of ch- testing for three separate systems, we test for one because we'd have we get North Mojave, Lake Mojave Highlands, and the Desert Foothills Laughlin Ranch will become one system. That'll be our North Mojave system, and then we have the Mojave main system in the south so we'll get the city down to two systems in fairly short order and then eventually we'll have it all integrated and it'll just be the Bullhead City system.
0: Can you let everybody know the quality how much better the quality will be too? With that?
2: Well with the with the surface water treatment plants we will be pulling water out of the river and we will be treating it. there's a a term called TDS, total dissolved solids. That's those minerals that are dissolved in water. And the reason your water tastes the way it does and smells the way it does. So the more TDS you have in the water, typically the harder your water is and the more taste you, you taste in the water. So we will be through those surface water treatment plants, we will be removing that some of that TDS, not, not all of it, because you don't wanna take everything out of the water because then the water gets too aggressive. Um, but right now, our wells typically have somewhere around 1400 TDS in the water. River water is somewhere around 600, 700. So we'd be starting with a much better product just pulling it out of the out of the river. We still need to treat for bacteria and viruses and, and, and all of that, but we will also be treating to take some of the TDS out of the water. And again, until we actually get to go ahead and start doing water testing at the at our river intake, uh we, we haven't come out with a an exact design for the plant yet, so that's still kind of in the offing. But Getting back to the integration, what that'll allow us to do is become a lot more efficient. For example, on the south side of the city here, um, what we will be able to do is we'll be able to pump water from our new well 20-1 in Big Bend up to a tank at what we call an elevation of 780, which is about Arcadia Boulevard up there, where the stop sign is on North Oatman. From there, we'll be able to gravity feed it down. We don't need to boost it anymore. Mother Nature is a wonderful helper to the water industry and the sewer industry. And we're gonna let her do the work for us and she's gonna gravity that water back down so that we don't have to pump it two, three times to get it to somebody's home. And that's how we've laid out this system moving forward is we're trying to use gravity as much as possible as opposed to electricity and pumping. So that means we can get rid of a number of facilities. Go to the next slide, please. This is our Mountain View Reservoir. This is located in the old, or excuse me, the River District area. Um, You can't really tell so much from this slide the way it is, but that kind of silvery, dark silver um, piece of steel you see at the very kind of below the tank there, that is what we call a grade ring and that is supposed to support the foundation of that reservoir and as you can see it's just kind of laying there on the ground so it's not really supporting that reservoirs foundation at all so this is one of the tanks we've got scheduled to be taken out of service um, once we get Rancho Colorado Intertie completed we've uh, we've taken over the Rancho Colorado system we've put in the PRV valve to interconnect that With desert Glen and we just need to do some valve insertions uh, on the highway and Merrill and then we'll be able to feed the River District with water from Rancho Colorado and this tank will become non-useful to us the next slide this is our Bullhead City 5 booster station and well site This site, again, we've had a lot of problems with it, uh, a lot of mechanical problems, and so this would also go away. We would no longer be using this booster station and this well. Again, this is one of those low-producing wells that doesn't really provide us much benefit. Next slide. I mentioned Laredo village well one and two this is well one it produces 85 gallons a minute it is still in operation but once we get uh, these new uh, new wells in place and some of the transmission main this will be targeted for being taken out of service and again this is a low producer well um, but we still have to pay the electrical cost to run it we still have to chlorinate the system for this this well so All that'll go away Uh, next slide this is Laredo Village 2 these are the two wells that EPCOR put in they only produce like I said 85 gallons a minute those storage tanks only hold about 35,000 gallons each Uh, we have to boost the water out of here to get it to be uh, in a in a position to be useful to our water system and so We really don't uh, have a need for this. What we want to do is we want to take everything that we were doing here, pump it up to our upper boost, our upper reservoirs up in Laredo Village behind uh, Laredo Village subdivision, those tanks you see up there in the desert. Uh, All of this water will go up there from other wells that will replace these two. Uh, Next slide. Pegasus Ranch, this is part of that Lake Mojave Highland system and again, these become superfluous once we get that interconnection between North Mojave and this system again we have booster pumps here that we have to use to be able to feed the system we're going to be gravitying everything in the Lake Mojave Highlands, so these booster pumps go away the electrical costs go away the maintenance for these two tanks in fact one of them is out of service right now uh, next slide this is the Lake Mojave Highlands system, and this one's in really bad shape. There's two tanks here. One of them is out of service as well. Um, the well only produces 85 gallons a minute. And again, once this is interconnected with the North Mojave system, these facilities are no longer needed and will be retired. Now, what we will do is when we do retire these systems, uh, we will be taking out any of the components that we can reuse elsewhere and using it elsewhere. But a lot of these components, especially in this, this one and the Pegasus Ranch one, they're just so old and they're just really not worth, there's really nothing there worth saving at this point. Um, next slide. Yes,
4: Once it's retired, will those large tanks then be removed?
2: Yes, um, in the past, we've had some pretty good luck. Uh, there are companies that will come and take those down to keep the steel so and it usually works out cheaper to have them do that rather than us take it down and try and scrap it
4: thank you Uh,
2: this is our mojave drive booster station Uh, this is a place where we just had some recent issues we put a new booster pump in here and we're putting a second new booster pump in here but this will go away once we get our our arcadia tank online because our the arcadia tank will service that miracle mile area so uh, we will be doing some small interties like on first responder way and between uh, city square mall and alta vista and what that'll allow us to do is feed all of those areas with that 780 tank and we'll be able to boost everybody's pressure there by about five to ten psi so all of those folks along Miracle Mile will be very happy. So basically from Walmart to the Wendy's up there, uh, actually further north than that, all the way up through City Square to Hancock Road, all of them will have a pressure boost there. Next slide and this is uh, Riverview mall because of where Riverview mall is we just couldn't get the pressure there so we have a booster station there just for the Riverview mall area and again once we get that Arcadia tank on board uh, we'll be able to take this booster station out so you see there's a lot of electrical costs that we will be saving with all these booster stations we will be able to eliminate through this process And that's part of the, the reasoning behind this study was to make our system more efficient and more effective in how we operate it. Our operators, when you don't have to worry about booster pumps, maintaining booster pumps, which there's quite a few that we'd be getting rid of, well sites, it makes the operator's job a lot easier and we can focus on those things that are really important. The next thing we looked at was fire flows. Next slide, please and so we looked at the whole system and we found that we do have some areas where there are some some fire flow issues Uh, we knew that going into this just from information that we'd received from the fire department so uh, we've we've highlighted those areas on this map We have some primary areas which are the first ones which are noted in red here those will be the first ones that we need to address and then the yellow ones are secondary and those will have a little more time to address those in the future but all of these will be addressed we also have a number of fire hydrants that are currently out of service Um, we now are fully staffed on our water side so we have a hydrant tech that will be going out and starting to maintain flush pressure read all of our hydrants in the system it's going to be kind of the program is going to be kind of similar to what our roads department has where they go through and they hit every road in the city every five years well we'll be going through all of our fire hydrants and we don't know how long it's going to take because this first time through it's probably going to take us a lot longer than it will once we get through this first time and get all these hydrants maintained and and up to speed but we've got about 2,500 hydrants in the system, so it is gonna take us some time to get through this first time. Next slide. So all of this that we've done, that we've talked about here before, gets us down to the capital improvement plan. And this is a really, really busy diagram and we've got all of these projects and you'll see that they're laid out all over the city from north to south, we've got projects for improvements. Some of these are booster pump stations, wells, storage tanks, Um, some of them are are pressure reducing stations, um, mainline extensions, transmission mains that we need to install, Uh, we're, we're really starting off behind the eight ball here. Um, EPCOR had not spent um, money on the system. American had not spent money on the system. Citizens had not spent money on the system. So we're playing catch up for 20 years of neglect. And so it's gonna take some time and some money to make up for that 20 years of neglect. And that's what this map here is showing. So we've got everything prioritized from A through J well J, J is developer project so I so a through I is really the projects that the city will be undertaking over the next 20 years now we have a detailed 10-year CIP plan and then we've got another 10 year that's just kind of a lump sum right now uh, and between now and 10 years from now when they get through the plan uh, I'm sure other things are going to come up that my my successor will have to deal with but um, but this this plan gives us a really really good start at what we need to do to get a good solid working system for our population that has redundancy that has efficiency Uh, the system will be integrated which will help that efficiency Um, that way we don't need as many employees The more efficient we can have the system be We want the system to run itself as much as possible. And that's where we get to trying to set everything up for Mother Nature to help us out. Because with Mother Nature helping us out, we don't have to maintain booster pumps as much. We don't have to do all this work that will go away once we have all of these new systems in place. Next slide. I showed you this sli- a, a similar slide to this earlier on. This slide you'll see all of that red that's been added to it. That's all those capital projects that were on that previous page laid out on this map. So we get even more complex by putting in all of these these new facilities, but in some respects we get a lot less complex because we don't have all the same booster pumps so mother nature takes care a lot of of a lot of this for us moving forward and i just wanted you to see how this map changes Um, so kind of keep keep an eye and 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 remember how this looks because we're gonna we're gonna show you another one similar to this here in a bit next slide we've got a lot of new development going on in the city but as you saw in those earlier diagrams we just barely have enough water for the customers that we have now which means we're going to need additional facilities for this new construction that's going to come in so we're going to have to and and we have planned for that it's just we're going to need the dollars from those developers to be able to construct these new facilities that will be needed so next slide This is the developer projects. Based on the development that we know of at this point, these are the projects that would need to be completed to be able to service those new customers. In some areas, we don't need as as many facilities. Most of the facilities are needed on the north side of town because, again, that's where we have less production capacity, so we need more help on the north side than we do on the south side. Next slide. So this is our 2040 map. This is where we should be in 2040. So that's, you know, still a ways out, 17 years out, but this is, these, these are the projects that will need to be completed for the population that we anticipate having in 2040. And the map, show the next slide, please. And this is our build out. And you can see how this one goes a lot higher on that map than the other ones did. And that's because as our city grows, we're gonna be growing up into the mountains to the east here. So the farther we go up, the higher in elevation we have to get. Next slide. This is our capital budget. This is our 10 year plus 10 so we've got basically our capital budget shows about 10 million dollars a year in capital being needed to meet the capital improvement plan that we have put together here through this water master plan now will we get 10 million dollars a year No. probably not so Uh, what that means is it won't be completed in ten years it'll take us something longer than ten years but again we've prioritized all the projects so the projects that are higher priority will be the ones that are done first the priority projects we have for next year maybe the year after that they get done because we just don't have the money but we do have a plan and we have a very solid plan it's based on all the data that we collected (coughs) excuse me so this is this is really the bible that we've been following and we will be following at least as long as i'm here and then my successor i'm assuming will be following it as well through this water master plan master plans are typically done and updated every 10 years so 10 years from now when this thing's updated we'll see how much of this we've been able to accomplish and they'll they'll go from there Uh, next slide again this is that same capital improvement map that I showed you two slides ago but I felt it bore uh, another look because there's a lot of things that the city's water system needs Um, again we're playing catch-up for 20 years of neglect and so that's why we have so many projects that need to be completed over the next 10 20 years and then the last slide that I have for you this is just just an example I didn't want to bring all of these but we have samples of all of these developer pro- or all of the construction projects capital projects that we need to do we've got detail on how those will be laid out in more detail um, but I didn't want to give you too much detail because I felt there was a lot of detail in here already and I didn't want to overwhelm you and Toby wouldn't give me the time anyway so <clears throat> so this is just an example of one this is showing Riverview which is at the bottom of where those kind of purplish lines are you'll see a green line running along. that's the transmission main that will go from well 20-1 and up to the Arcadia tank you see how that green line continues to the right and then moves up and <clears throat> right in the middle there of those green lines there's a little storage tank showing there and that tank then will gravity feed back down into the Riviera area, River Bend, and Holiday Shores area. So we do have detail on all of these plans that we've put together, and uh, that's really the end of my presentation, because I was hoping that I'd get some qu- more questions from you so that I can explain even more of this, but I didn't want to talk about things that weren't really of interest to the council.
4: Mr. Mayor, I have a couple questions. Um, If we do get that grant, uh, how much of the CIP money do you think would be budgeted for the new water treatment plants over the next 10 years?
2: That's an excellent question. Thank you. I was hoping somebody would ask that one. Um, If we get the full $300 million, we've got about $40 million worth of projects that we have in our CIP that would be paid for by the grant. Because the grant is for two surface water treatment plants. But you still have to get the water from those surface water treatment plants to the end users. So there's transmission mains, there's storage tanks, there's some booster pumps. So all of that would be is included in the grant. So we would have somewhere 35 to 40 million dollars worth of those projects would be included and most of those projects that would be included in that 300 million are projects that we have in 24 25 26 because those are our highest priority items is is getting water to our end customers so those would actually all be covered which means that some of those projects that were I hesitate to use the term lower priority but they would have been a lower priority if those items still were on the table we can move those forward and we could use less dollars each year. We need less capital dollars each year, but we could start getting a little bit ahead of the curve.
1: Okay, one other council mm-hmm. member, one other way to look at it, though, all of this is done without talking about raising rates, mm-hmm. right? We committed right now committed to not raising rates. Now we've owned the system for over two full years. We have not raised rates, of course, raised the rates throughout the state of Arizona. So we have it. So we'll probably go a full three years potentially without raising rates. By the time we finish a rate study, bring it to council, interpret that, move forward on that. So one thing to keep in mind is we've created rate stabilization for our customers, saving them well over $2 million that they would have paid to for. That being said, the grant matters immensely. Mm-hmm. Mayor D'Amico, Travis are going to DC next week to try to further our efforts to get that grant. We didn't think that grant was a possibility when we started the water master plan because quite frankly if that four billion dollars would have been available last year we wouldn't have done this Mm -hmm. but we did it and it's the right thing to do so now we have a good plan that 300 million changes everything so I don't think we can sit here and promise you that a segregated portion of our budget will go to that capital because I think we have to rethink this master plan if we get the 300 million if we don't get it this is what we got to do we have to march forward with this capital based on a budget and a potential rate rate increase in the future so that's the plan now if we get the 300 million I think we all come back and we re look at this master plan based on what Mark has explained and then say okay what portion of the capital is getting reinvested in this versus paying off debt Mm -hmm. versus letting lines break and fixing them which I know some people on the council would prefer we not have line breaks in their backyard, <laughs> so, so Mark, Mark is correct. there's a lot of investing, but outside of this very technical water master plan, there's also the part that you and your constituents are, should be very concerned about, and that's the water rate right. and In order to do these things, you will have to raise rates, and that's something that most of your constituents don't want to do.
4: Well. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but having this master plan going with Mayor D'Amico and Travis going to DC This is a great way to show them We need this so I think it's I know it was expensive But I think this really puts some tools in their hand to show them that we need it. I have one other question um, Which you might not know the answer, but uh, how much CIP is going to go to water storage to meet any fire? Uh, water storage needs if any
2: well I don't think we really broke it out in those terms by water storage and water water production Uh, we broke it out by priority and by area instead because storage usually you're adding storage where you're adding production so we didn't really break out the dollars that way. I mean, i can I, we can calculate out what that would be. I just don't have that right now here. But maybe
1: even a more simplified answer too is we got to get our current fire hydrants to work.
4: Yes, so that so. was my last question was, Does the city own the actual hydrants or does the fire department own the hydrants?
2: We own most of the hydrants. There are some private hydrants within the city, like at some of the, like Riverview Mall has some private hydrants, and other areas have some their own private hydrants. But the bulk of them, um, we figure there's somewhere around 2,000 that are ours.
4: Okay, and then as far as your, I'm very happy that you have enough staff to go check these. Are we doing anything with smart technology to I know you love smart I love it too I'm just curious if that's something that we're going to be implementing as we go around and check them
2: absolutely one of the things that uh, we're working on is uh, implementing a a smart technology in the fire hydrants yeah because what they have is there's something called an eye hydrant that we've kind of narrowed in on as as the choice Uh, it's made by a company called clow and uh, these hydrants actually have in the bonnet of the hydrant, it gives us pressure readings and temperature readings. So we would know about a break typically before a customer does. Once we get the whole program implemented, but it's going to take somewhere in the neighborhood of a couple hundred height of those eye hydrants to be moved, installed around the system. And they're not not the cheapest thing in the world. They're about six thousand dollars a piece for each hydrant. So um, it, it's gonna take us some time. We're working with Clow right now to come up with uh, a program, but we do have in this capital budget, we have uh, dollars in here to start replacing hydrants um, because that, that it, it is very important. We have got a lot of hydrants that are not in the best of shape and we'll start finding them uh, as, as our crews start getting out to do some testing.
4: Thank you very much.
3: Hey Mark, uh, looking at this um, master plan and the over the years, were the dollars on the plan escalated to reflect then-year dollars?
2: No, they were not.
3: So that would be quite a.
2: Quite it depends a on what inflation is. Yes, it could. Okay. It could be quite a bit different. Okay. In the out much. years. Yes. Thank you.
3: Mr. Mayor, quick question. What uh as far as the tanks, if we're not utilizing them, could they be used for storage or those are not good for
2: something like well, that? Well, the problem is that the tanks are in such bad shape that uh that we're we're it would cost us more in in some cases now again until we go in and, and start doing our inspection program which we have the first six tanks selected and uh, we're going to be going to the city manager for approval to get going on on inspecting the first six tanks here uh, later this year so we're going to start inspecting tanks on a regular basis which again EPCOR had not been doing so we'll, we'll see what they look like once we start getting inside them
3: And if we don't use them for storage uh, and if they have to go, what do you utilize that property for Uh,
2: it'll be available for disposal because most of those properties are not really in the location where we would need a tank or a well. Uh, For example, those Laredo Vista sites, uh, they're they're not high enough really for us to use for um, storage and the wells there produce so so such a small amount of water that they're just not worth doing anything with other than disposing of them.
1: All right, thank you. Council member, we have done a comprehensive analysis of all of the properties and parcels we acquired through APCOR, and those will be going to REO in the next couple of months, sort of a few at a time, that are no longer needed and are set for disposal. Yes, Dan.
3: When a new developer comes in, do they kick in a certain amount or a certain percentage to put in water lines?
1: They will be. Yeah, so we we actually, since we've taken over the system, we've had only really already approved development opportunities come along, like Fox Creek. Um, So there's been very little developer contributions. So if there's any new projects, and I think Mark was referring to, okay, there's a couple new projects on the queue, that's the opportunity for us to sit down with them in their development agreements and talk about their contributions or line extensions or what they need to do for water and sewer. Thank you very much, Tim. Yeah, because typically
2: a developer will build the on-site facilities themselves, but they may not need a full million-gallon tank. Maybe they only need half a million gallons. So what we would do is we would take the money from them, we would build the tank and then when the next developer came along they would pay in money for the other part of that tank
0: any more questions all right that's our time do we have anyone from the audience that has any questions all right then that concludes our meeting uh we're going to move into an executive session uh we'll take a little short break a little five minute break before we go in there but uh, in the meantime could i get a motion for us to move into executive session so moved. All right. Everybody, Second. Everybody say aye. 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 All right, thank you. Aye.